Hello, and welcome to Moving Markets by Julius Baer, a podcast series where our experts discuss the latest market developments and put the headlines in perspective to set you up for the coming day. Please listen to the important legal information at the end of this podcast. Hello, and welcome to today's episode of the Moving Markets podcast. My name is Helen Freer. I'm an investment writer at Julius Baer in Zurich, and I'm very pleased to be joined today by Olivier Maris from Investment Writing and Ronnie Kaufman from the CIO office. So let's begin with a roundup of the latest market news provided for us today by Olivier. Over to you, Olivier. Yes. Hi, Helen. Good morning. Uh, Yesterday was yet another solid day for developed market equities. Investors warmed to earnings and buyback announcements from companies such as Moderna and PayPal as well as a surprise in U.S. service sector growth. The ISM non-manufacturing PMI came in at 56.7, better than the expected 53.5. Furthermore, adding to the positive mood, jitters over U.S.-China ties faded after House Speaker Nancy Pelosi departed from Taiwan. The S&P 500 finished up 1.56%, with all sectors except energy advancing. Technology stocks outperformed, with the Nasdaq Composite closing up 2.6%. U.S. Treasury yields traded flat. In Europe, we had a similar green picture with the Eurostoxx 50 up 1.3%. Now, overall, global stocks have now rebounded some 10% from a June low, reducing year-to-day losses to about 15%. Now, in other news, later in Europe, the Bank of England is expected to join some 70 other institutions around the world in delivering a half-point increase in borrowing costs. This will be the biggest rate increase in 27 years for the country. And staying in the UK, the UK Foreign Secretary Liz Truss bounced back to regain the momentum in the race to be Britain's next Prime Minister. Truss received the backing of former Chancellor and leadership contender Sajid Javid yesterday evening, which is a major blow to her rival Richie Sunak, who previously worked with Javid in the Treasury. The race is heating up, with just over a month before the leadership announcement is set to be made. Now swiftly turning to commodities. Oil moved to the lowest level in six months, with future contracts currently trading just above 90 US dollars. The drop yesterday comes even after the alliance OPEC Plus announced it will increase its production volumes only slightly this autumn. The joint daily production target will be expanded by only 100,000 barrels in September. And after a strong two week rally, gold is now trading sideways around 1,770 US dollars an ounce. And looking at the digital asset space, while markets are proving to be more and more risk on mood, it seems the tokens are still looking for more guidance. The largest token, Bitcoin, which breached the 24,000 US dollar level twice in the last two weeks, is back trading just above 23,000 US dollars. With that said, what can we expect for the day ahead? Well, European stock futures are pointing to a steady start, whilst futures in the US are trading flat. In Asia, stocks are rising as Alibaba led Chinese tech companies higher ahead of its quarterly results. As mentioned earlier, the Bank of England is expected to deliver a half-point rate increase at noon. And it's another busy day for earnings with Adidas, Bayer, Credit Agricole, Novo Nordisk and Glencore among the companies set to report. With that, that's all from me. I hand it back to you, Hannah. Thank you very much, Olivier. Ronnie, let's move over to you now. We're interested to hear the highlights of this week's investment committee meeting. So please fill us in. Thank you, Helen. And good morning also from my side. Well, despite seemingly record high temperatures rather inviting to pursue other activities, markets keep us busy these days. 
In July, risk assets performed remarkably well across the board, only with a few exceptions such as Chinese equities, commodities and gold. In fact, we have been waiting for such a violent bear market rally episode for some time, and now it has finally arrived, hurting investors who have recently given in to the prevailing gloom. In mid-June, when the S&P 500 index flirted with 3,600 points, the overarching pessimism reached levels not seen since the 2008 global financial crisis. Fast forward to the end of last month, markets have sanctioned a massive oversold situation at the end of the first half of the year, reflecting the hope that inflation will start to ebb in the near future without the US economy falling into a recession. With the rally now in its sixth week, we believe that the probability of a retest of the June lows is rather high. How should the next few weeks be managed? Before we turn to this question, it is worth mentioning that July also saw the start of the highly anticipated second quarter earnings season. The results released so far have proven reassuring and have supported rather than hindered the July rally. Obviously, companies that suffer from cost inflation without benefiting from revenue inflation are naturally very vulnerable and will suffer from deteriorating margins. At this point, however, this does not seem to affect the US market as a whole. While companies are certainly getting cautious in the face of elevated uncertainty, earnings are showing resilience. So how to navigate the remainder of the year from here? As the neoliberal era is over and we find ourselves in a new investment regime where existing inflationary pressures such as reversing globalization and prolonged supply chain disruptions got amplified by the Ukraine war, Inflation will likely settle somewhat above 3% rather than at 2% or below, as we got used to over the past couple of decades. So first and foremost, this implies that cash is not an option. While it was an opportunity cost until 2020, now it comes with the certainty of inexorably losing purchasing power. What are the alternatives? As we already said at the beginning of July, there is a 6 to 12 month window for bonds. Admittedly, it's a bit narrower now due to last month's rally, but opportunities remain. We prefer developed market credit over emerging market bonds, which need the US dollar's rise to be reversed to recover more sustainably. On the equity side, we reiterate the recommendation to combine growth and value. The break in US long rates below the key level of 2.75% at the end of July probably signaled the end of the recent phase of underperformance by long duration stocks. Quality growth large caps are the most profitable franchises in the market and also the least sensitive to economic conditions. Value stocks, on the other hand, are more resilient when inflation fears increase. Moreover, after years of reduced investment in new capacity, we think it is risky to underrate energy stocks. As for the other major value sector, financials, they are certainly vulnerable in the case of recession, but the events of the last few months, rising interest rates and the collapse in valuations of new fintech market entrants, are strengthening them. To conclude, by looking at individual stocks, the rebound can be used to sell what has fallen the most over the past 6 to 12 months. Investors should bear in mind that the basic rule of thumb of selling off losers and holding on to winners also applies during bear markets. This being said, back to you, Helen. Thank you very much, Ronnie. And with that, we conclude today's episode of the Moving Markets podcast. 
Thank you very much to our speakers and thank you all for tuning in. I wish you all a great day and hope that you'll join us again tomorrow. Bye for now. You have been listening to Moving Markets by Julius Baer. If you like what you've heard, subscribe to our show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen. To learn more about Julius Baer, our people, or our latest thinking, visit us at www.juliusbaer.com. This is a podcast disclaimer. The information and opinions expressed in this podcast constitute marketing material and are not the result of independent financial or investment research. The podcast content is intended for information purposes only and does not constitute an offer, a recommendation, or an invitation by or on behalf of Julius Baer to buy or sell any securities, security-based derivatives, or other products, or to participate in any particular trading strategy in any jurisdiction. Julius Baer does not accept any liability for any loss arising from the use of the podcast content. Please refer to www.juliusbear.com forward slash legal forward slash podcasts for further other important legal information.